Washburn here. And that moment we've been waiting for has finally fucking arrived. Bossy Power Bottom Wear is now officially live on RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn.com for purchase. Bossy Power Bottom Wear. The gay lifestyle and clothing line that unapologetically describes what it means to live your best gay life and show others through your clothing that you bottom like a boss. Want to know more? Go to RonnieWashburn.com now. That's R-A-O-N-I. Washburn.com and find out for yourself what it truly means to bottom like a boss with bossy power bottom wear. The following is brought to you by Bossy Power Bottom Productions. It's so funny. I remember it well, like it was yesterday, when my son, way back when, was in elementary school and he was cast in the school play. And he was one of the main characters. And there was a lot of singing and dancing and dialogue and just watching that little boy just fucking shine. I'm telling you, he's going to be some kind of performer And where do you think he gets that from? (laughs) A podcast critic once described this very show as one big, bold, boisterous, and overly unapologetic gay over share. And you guys, I absolutely agree with that. 100%. And that's mostly in part to the fact that In my life, I just don't give a flying fuck. I'm exactly as big, bold, and boisterous as I want to be. I will tell everybody what I think, why I think that, regardless of how uncomfortable the situation is, I'm still going to do it. And that's just who I am. And truth be told, living in the heart of the Castro District of San Francisco and being allowed to be as bold and open and as gay as I fucking want to be in my everyday regular life is so rewarding and fulfilling and I honestly wouldn't have it any other way. But you guys, it wasn't always this way. In fact, there was a time, once upon a time, where I actually was very quiet, very shy, very reserved, very passive, just not the Ronnie Washburn that you hear before you. And it was for one reason and one reason alone. And it was because of my family. So sit back, relax, put on that condom or pop your prep pill. And let's explore the entire notion of what it means to evaluate those anti-gay family values. now listening to My Gay Expose podcast, a show that unperfectly describes what it's like when life has you fucked in the head while being fucked from behind. I'm Ronnie Washburn, a writer, LGBTQ plus community activist, self-proclaimed, messy, loudmouthed, and somewhat semi-passable podcast host. Popper sommelier, porn star, fluffer in training, and local San Francisco bossy power bottom that just so happens to be on the left of you on your grinder 
Grid. And this is My Gay Expose Podcast. Ronnie Washburn here. And welcome back to the show that really just is the most traumatic childhood experience that you've ever heard in the podcast world. My Gay Expose Podcast. And on this week's expose, we explore the entire notion of what it means to live your entire life dealing with those anti-gay family values. You guys, this week, we're just starting from the beginning. I will tell you the story of my very first childhood memory of like three years of age. And we're going to go all the way up through when I officially came out of the closet as a gay man at age 27, how my family reacted to that information, how they treat me to this day, how they treated me back then, and how my family is pretty much responsible for creating this big, bold, boisterous, and overly unapologetic gay overshare-esque personality that is Ronnie Washburn to this very day. And for probably not the reasons that you might expect, this isn't really like a you know, positive spin on how family lifts you up in life. This is more along the lines of that real, like, fucked up shit that your family does to you to actually create the person that you are today and why that happened in my life. But, you know, honestly, I do want to say, I really do feel that even though this week we're just going to get a little bit more on the darker side of things and, you know, deal with some harder hitting issues and some like really deep shit that I need to talk about this week. I I really wish for all of you out there listening that you maybe someone out there can relate to some of this shit and just understand that no matter what you go through in your life, you always come out on the other side and it doesn't always work in your favor in regards to your family specifically, but you'll find out exactly what I'm talking about in the expose this week. And instead of doing the Your Gay Expose segment like we normally do, this week I decided to just list out a few specific members of my family that either had a positive or a negative impact on my life and why, and how I feel about them, how they created who I am, and had a hand in that in some way, shape, and form. So first, before we actually get in line for the family portrait that you're just like so annoyed to deal with and you just see the photographer across the way they're snapping the photos and you just want to get out of there so quickly but your mom wants like four more poses and you're just like uh first let's hop into this week's re-expose welcome to this week's Re-expose, the segment in which I take the time to reassess, re-examine, re-explain, restart over, or just re-say shit that I said in past episodes that either you didn't fully understand, I didn't fully understand, you came for me and I felt like I needed to readdress, or once I re-listened through for an edit, I was like, oh, oh God, fuck, what was I even trying to say there. Ugh, Jesus, what a goddamn mess. 
That definitely merits a re-expose. <laughs> okay, you guys, calm the actual fuck down. <laughs> oh my God, I should have seen this coming. Okay, listen, what I don't know what I was thinking when I went through the motions of titling an expose with the name, the pink dick challenge, and not feeling like that suddenly that would be the biggest and most listened to record-breaking episode in the entire fucking series. I should have known better. Like, <laughs> oh my God, you guys, mind blown is all I have to say about fucking last week's expose to the pink dick challenge. Like it just was such a fun episode to make, I have to say. And yes, it really happened. Yes, I did get challenged by my friend Kahoy to sit on 10 pink dicks in a month and report back with the results. And I don't know if it was just coincidence or not that they all happened to be bad outcomes. Because <laughs> listen, I went in with an open mind thinking that I could potentially have my world rocked by one of these fucking pink dicks. But alas, that was not the case. I, I do want to say though, thank you so much, you guys, for just blowing that episode the fuck up. And I just have to say so many questions, comments, concerns, reads from you, the li listeners, about every single fucking detail in last week's expose. Just keep coming back with all of it, you guys. I love it. Eat it up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and I don't know how I'm going to outdo this one, but I'm definitely going to try. <laughs> for sure. I do want to actually clarify that. Um, I did get a message from a lesbian who told me that in, ugh, shit, I don't even know how far back it was, but it was the, uh, the hot jock top episode. I didn't do a re-expose after that expose. So that's why I didn't get the chance to talk about that specific expose in any re-expose sense. But I got a lesbian message who told me that, in fact, lesbians in their relationships do consider themselves to be the top and the bottom. So there's that like top and bottom dynamic in a lesbian relationship. So I, I don't know if she has the credentials to be the spokesperson for the entire lesbian community or not, but that's what she said. So that's what we're going with. So confirmed. <laughs> and if you don't believe in that and you're a lesbian Please don't come for me. I just am, I'm literally reading a message from one of your sisters. Okay, so there's that. <laughs> so just really quick before we segue into the rest of this week's expose, just two more things. June is vastly approaching. So what that means is go over to RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn.com and check out all the pieces that are available for purchase on Bossy Power Bottom Wear, the official show merch line, and select your piece for your next upcoming gay or pride event. I promise you, you'll not be disappointed. And one last thing, please, please, please donate to my AIDS life cycle journey. Links in this episode's show notes. Links in all my social media bios. Links in all of my websites pretty much anything Washburn related with the Ronnie in front of it or whatever the fuck I'm trying to say right now is I'm, oh God, whatever. 
My brain is fried, you guys. I've been recording so many fucking episodes back to back to back to back. I'm like over it. I need to get out of this fucking studio. <laughs> but at any rate, just fucking donate to my AIDS life cycle journey. If you pretty much just Google Ronnie Washburn, you can find a way to donate to my AIDS life cycle journey. So before we get my gay expose on this week's topic of conversation, it just so happens to have a family resemblance themed undertone. Usually what we do is I say, let's get your gay expose. But this week, we're not going to do the your gay expose segment. Instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you about a few of my specific family members who have either had a positive or a negative impact in my life and have either way somehow created the Ronnie Washburn that you hear before you too this very day and why. So let's just get into some of those family members now. First up, we've got my cousin Stacy. Now, you guys, my cousin Stacy and I are very close in age. And when we were younger, we grew up very close together. I sort of feel like because I was sort of shunned a lot when I was a little kid because I was made fun of all the time by my peers in regards to the fact that I was a redhead, in regards to the fact that I was feminine, all that bullshit, that I sort of felt like I could be my one true self with her when I was very young back then. And so as a result, that's what really just made her and I get so close. And, you know, we did definitely like have a phase in our lives where we like went our separate ways as adults. But at my grandfather's funeral a few years back, we actually just hugged each other and like kind of cried with each other over the death of our grandfather because he was so important to both of us. And and I think that was the moment that we both realized that life is just fucking too short. And then we just kind of just jumped right back into what we started. And I will say this, my cousin, she is my biggest fucking cheerleader in every single fucking thing that I do. Everything I create, everything I write, every podcast episode, my merch line, the book I'm writing. She is so supportive and it's so fucking amazing to have this individual in my life. And I actually wrote out a dedication to her specifically in my upcoming book entitled Gay Walk of Shame coming your way so very soon. <laughs> Gotta get my fucking shameless plug in there somehow. So my mom and I are currently not speaking and it's been that way for quite a while now. But it's really kind of sad, truth be told, because the only real reason why we're currently not speaking is because, well, <laughs> how much fucking time do you have? <laughs> but the real, real reason is that she just doesn't accept me for being gay. And it's not like I want her to throw me a fucking goddamn parade or anything like that. I just want her to acknowledge that it's a very big and very real part of who I am as a fucking person. And, you know, it's really kind of sad because we were so close when I you know, pre coming out of the closet. And 
I don't really even know how she didn't know I was gay. Like, we literally watched all the girly movies you could possibly imagine together. And I was just, we had such a close relationship. I just don't understand how she just didn't fucking know. Maybe she did. And it's just a very heavy set case of denial. But you know, the saddest part about the fact that my mom and I aren't actually speaking currently is the fact that she will never understand that my gay expose podcast, a show that I created a couple of years back is now currently ranked number 14 of the top 100 best LGBTQ plus podcasts of all time. And she will never know. And that's something that I am so proud of. And it's gay. So she doesn't want to have anything to do with it. So ah, that's not that's why we're not speaking. Next up, we've got my straight brother, Ryan, (laughs) who's been quoted so many times in the Your Gay Expose segment. But you guys, listen, my brother and I growing up, we didn't ever really have a close relationship. Like, we didn't get along. We were exact opposites. We just never, we just didn't jive well. He was doing his own thing, and I was definitely doing my own thing too. But when we got into our adulthood, we started to, like, get along a little bit more. But my brother actually recently, about, I want to say, like, a year ago, reached out to me, basically disclosing to me that he had been going to therapy and he just felt like he sort of, I guess the therapist pointed out to him some kind of way that he feels bad for us not having the relationship that we should have had growing up as kids. And and he just wanted to make an effort to be a part of my life. And I was just like, wow, like this is kind of a big deal. And so ever since we've really been in a place where we're totally working on our relationship. And I have to say, my real dad actually recently got remarried and I was the best man and my brother was the, you know, one of the groomsmen. And I went and stayed with him because it was like in that Sacramento area or Vacaville or wherever the fuck they got married. I can't remember. But my brother and I had such a fucking blast that weekend together, doing fucking shots together. Like we just, I have never had such a good time with my brother. And I will say this, my brother and I are so different, but also we're so fucking alike. It's uncanny. And I never really noticed this until, you know, we started trying to work on our relationship together. It's like, he is very Homer Simpson, like Al Bundy straight And I'm very fucking gay, like fucking as gay as a clutch purse on Tony Knight. But we're both equally as inappropriate individuals and unapologetic and loudmouthed and says everything that comes out of the brain just flips right out of the mouth. Like we're both wired exactly the same way. And now that we like actually have been working on our relationship together, it's going really fucking well. And we get along so good. And I'm so glad that we decided to rekindle our relationship. Next up, we've got my little brother, Jonathan, who we didn't really have a close relationship either. I think mostly in part to the fact that like I was the oldest. My next brother was three years younger than me. And then my little brother was like nine years away from my other brother. So the age difference, I think, was just enough for us to not really like find the time to have a relationship because by the time he was like, you know, becoming an actual individual, I was already 
like moved out of the house and shit. But the one thing I will say about my little brother, Jonathan, that I do actually love is the fact that he stands up for what he fucking believes in. And he is the biggest component for like issues that he believes in so much, even if they're unpopular. And I actually really enjoy that about him as an individual. And he's totally fine with me being gay. He actually embraces it and accepts it. And that's just shit that I wish my parents would understand, but never will. And oddly enough, my little brother is no longer speaking to my parents as well. And it's because of how my parents don't like his girlfriend. So, I mean, are we putting all the pieces to the puzzle together, you guys? Because later on in the exposé, I'm going to talk about how my mom and I aren't speaking. And you might be like taken aback for the reasons why. But I mean, let's just look at the underlying culprit here in the moment, when you're not speaking to multiple of your kids, maybe the issue actually lies in you. So I have to talk about my stepdad as well, because he and I have never gotten along. And truth be told, we had a really big falling out, like when my son's mom was pregnant with my son. It was over like borrowing their car. And it was just, I feel it was a misunderstanding, but also like, we're both so fucking stubborn that we just never hammered out or resolved those issues. And as a result, my son's like about to celebrate his 16th birthday. So it's been over 16 years that we really haven't been speaking or talking and just holding a grudge against each other. And it's very mutual, you guys. It's not just me. It's definitely very mutual. And, you know, it's just so sad to see somebody so fucking stubborn and just refuses to actually acknowledge the fact that we need to have a conversation. Because I have brought this up to my mom, letting her know that I'm willing to have a conversation with him, but he just, he won't do it. And that's just a really fucking sad thing. So that's him. And I, I hope you're kind of starting to feel out how my parents are as people. My grandmother is turning 87 years old this year. And you know, <laughs> that's fucking crazy. The best part about this is she's that grandma that even though she's getting that high up there in age, she's still like fucking power walking and just always on her feet moving around. You just can't fucking stop her. And I love her so much. It's so, it's so entertaining. But you know, the one thing I will say about my grandmother is that multiple occasions she has actually told me that I'm her favorite out of all the grandkids, which I think is hysterical because we have like 12 like grandkids throughout and I'm not even the oldest one. I'm like in the middle, lumped in there somewhere. But yet somehow she's always gone out of her way to point out to me that I am her favorite grandchild. Well, she's not wrong. <laughs> My grandfather and I had a really odd but really special relationship before he passed several years back. He basically grew up in an age where he wasn't allowed to show his feelings. Like my mom actually describes her childhood as like my grandfather never saying I love you to her ever once or like any of the siblings that my mom had. So he was very tough guy, worked his ass off like most of his entire life, it just didn't really show any sense of emotion at all whatsoever. But I do remember very vividly as a kid, 
I feel like my grandpa was like trying to tell me to encourage me to be who I truly was because he could see that I was so suppressed and so not able to express myself the way that I really truly wanted to. And even though he never directly told me that he supported me, that's the message that I received from him indirectly. And now that he's gone and now that I'm sitting here in this moment, I know that was on his agenda. Like he wouldn't talk about it out loud, but I know he knew I was gay and I know he wanted to encourage me to be exactly who I was. And, you know, at his funeral, the only gift that he ever personally gave me was this little pocket watch that doesn't even fucking work anymore. But at his funeral, I took the pocket watch with me to the funeral and just held it in the palm of my hand and clenched it the entire time. And I really do believe that he's looking down on me from wherever he is and he just sees how I am now. And I hope that he's just smiling from fucking ear to ear. Funny enough, on a side note, my grandfather passed from like dementia in the later part of his life. And I remember there was one specific day that I had my, my mom was watching my son when he was much younger, when I had to work like my, you know, four hour shift at work or whatever. So I dropped him off at my grandma's house because they were like, you know, taking care of my grandfather in the later part of his life. And so my mom was like, hey, you should probably come say hi to grandpa. But I just want to warn you, he doesn't recognize anyone anymore. He calls me, hey girl, and he doesn't know who your grandmother is. And so just to prepare yourself, he's not going to know who you are, but just go say hello. And I was like, okay. So I went up to him sitting on the porch outside that day. And I was like, hi, grandpa. And he just looked at me and said, Ronnie? And I just got all the goosebumpy feelings. It was just so fucking, <laughs> fucking crazy. You, I shit you not, you guys, it actually happened. And my mom couldn't believe it. It was crazy. And I have to include my best girlfriend, Dorinda, on this list because Dorinda is the mere definition of my family. Like, this is my ride or die, the one I've been through so much shit with. We have been friends for like 17-ish years, give or take. And we just know absolutely everything about one another. All the good, all the bad, all of it. We just know everything. We don't judge each other. We give each other advice on a regular basis. We, I mean, I know shit about her boyfriend that I don't even think he knows that I know and, and vice versa. And it's just, we are just... Like that bond that we have is just the strongest that I've ever had in any other relationship in my entire life. She's truly my soulmate, truthfully. Like, I feel like she is my fucking soulmate. And we know secrets about each other that we're both taking to our graves. Like, we will not ever tell anyone any of it at all, ever whatsoever. And I wouldn't have it any other way. And last but most certainly not least, I have to include my son, Caden Philip Washburn, <laughs> the absolute love of my life. Now, you guys, listen, there is nothing more rewarding in life than like watching your son being born in those first moments. Like you always hear people say that like, oh, you know, you go through the pregnancy and you know what's happening, but it doesn't really sink in until you see the baby coming out of the womb in that moment. And it just like a light switch, everything 
changes in your like way of thinking and your mindset. And I mean, you guys, I've been in situations where I've had him when he was young and I was going through some money problems. And I remember taking him to the grocery store and having him pick out his dinner because I was so poor and I, he would take it home and eat it. And I would go to bed hungry because I didn't have enough money to feed both of us. And I would do it all over fucking again for him. That's how valuable this little boy is in my life. And you guys, he's not so little anymore. He's literally about to turn 16 in the next couple months. And I cannot believe that my little fucking baby is 16 years old. It's so funny. I call him, my nickname for him is Butt, B-U-T-T. And he just gets so pissed off every time I call him. I'm like, you better get used to it because you will be Butt till the very end of time. And that's just how it will always fucking be. (laughs) But truthfully, one of the things that I'm so appreciative of is the fact that I have raised my son to fully understand that you include everyone from every walk of life in your life, no matter the race, gender, sexuality, all of it. And my son openly understanding that I'm gay and that daddy likes boys and mommy likes boys and fully understanding the entire concept and me being able to have open conversations with him about it is truly the most rewarding thing ever. And I'm so grateful and thankful for this little fucker in my life. <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, is the cast of main characters that reside in my family. And whether they play the villain or whether they play you know, the main character or the hero, that's who they are and the impact that they've had on me as an individual and solely responsible for me being the biggest fucking out loud and proud gay man that I am to this very day. And, you know, you guys, listen, the Your Gay Expose segment will be back next week. So don't worry. And we'll get answers to the question of the week and record as such. So continue to follow on Instagram at Exposing My Gay and keep a lookout for that. Or go to MyGayExposePodcast.com and scroll down on the info page a little bit and you'll get that question to answer each and every week. But now, let's get My Gay Expose and you'll find out the real reasons why I've titled this expose Anti-Gay Family Values. All right, you guys, listen, I wanted to take this quick time out to ask you for a huge favor. I need all of you right now in this moment to go over to Apple Podcasts and click five stars. This helps us in the podcast world out so much more than you will ever know. It actually gets us to that trajectory that we're actually already on our way to just a little bit faster and it makes things start happening. I I really just need your help. Please, if you wouldn't mind, just go to Apple Podcasts, click five stars. And if you don't want to click five stars, just, well, keep that click to yourself. (laughs) But you can also rate five stars on Spotify too. So wherever you listen to 
your podcasts. Please, I need your help. Click five stars and allow My Gay Expose podcast to get to that next best thing. So let's just start from the beginning, shall we? (laughs) All right, guys, listen. So basically, it all begins with the earliest memory that I have any recollection of in my life. So I was three years old and my therapist actually tells me that the fact that I remember this specific situation at the age of three means that it was a really fucking life altering traumatic moment in my life. And that's the only reason why I would be able to remember something at such a young age. So that being said, let me just paint this picture for you. I remember my mom and my dad were like fighting profusely, like aggressively fighting, screaming, yelling, all of it. And I didn't really know what was going on, probably mostly in part to the fact that I was too young to understand what was happening. I do remember feeling scared. And I remember thinking in my brain, I need to do something to ask them so that they stop, so they forget about like the fight that they're having right now. So they they just stop what they're doing. Like I have to distract them somehow and just get them away from the fighting moment. And so I walked in and I was like, daddy, can I have some juice? And you guys, I will never forget that fucking look in his eye as long as I fucking live. Even to this day, it still haunts me. The anger that I saw, like just like that sharp pinch of anger in his eye. And he just looked at me, pointed into the living room area and said, go sit down on the couch now. And I was so terrified that I just turned around and I did just that. And I remember walking over to the couch, sitting on the couch, folding my hands in my lap, putting my head down and just waiting for them to continue their argument and like hopefully finish it up soon. And I just, I didn't know what was going on. But you guys, when my mom and dad finally came out of the room screaming and yelling profusely, like just continuing in whatever it was they were fighting about. My dad walked out the door and slammed it. And I never saw him in that house ever again. Like my dad left on that day. He never came back. And I do really honestly fervently believe that that was such a traumatic moment in my life to a place where my mom has actually told me that for a good year, I wouldn't speak to anybody except for her. Like I just wouldn't talk. And I just was, it was just me and my mom. I was alone. Like I didn't want to interact with anybody else. I felt like because I was such a little sensitive boy and whatever this was about my dad leaving and storming out and all the drama and the anger and the arguing and the fighting, it just, it freaked me out. And I just didn't understand why my dad left and he wasn't in our house anymore. I didn't get it. So yeah, my parents divorced. I don't know how long after I was too little to understand any basis of a timeline of any way, shape or form. But what I do remember is that my mom almost immediately bounced back with a new guy who would eventually become like my brother and my stepdad. And I think that because I was so traumatized by the situation and didn't fully understand what was going on, I 
was so closed off to this stepfather figure in my life to a place where we just never, ever, ever fucking got along. Like, no matter how many years my parents were together over the years of us growing up, like, I just really wouldn't give him the time of day. And I just, I didn't agree with a lot of the things that he tried to do as a parent. And, you know, he was a military guy, so he he really just was very aggressive and very, uh, what I say goes, everybody, like, has to listen to my every beck and call, even my mom, like he, he was that person who like my mom had to ask him for permission for anything. Like it felt like my mom couldn't make decisions for herself. Like she had to check in with him about the littlest and the stupidest shit. And I just didn't understand like what seemed to be like my mom not having a mind of her own. Like I just didn't get it. But that was like the overall dynamic of my childhood growing up with those parents and I remember when we ended up moving out of that house where my dad left that day and moving to a new neighborhood where the stepdad had been living, I had to go to a new school. And I was in like the first grade. And I remember like it literally, you guys, it was like Mean Girls. You know that scene where like Lindsay Lohan has like her lunch tray and she's walking down the aisle and there's like a set of tables to the left and a set of tables to the right. And like all the kids are like looking at her and gawking and she looks so scared and terrified and doesn't know where to sit. And then just ends up going and eating her lunch in the fucking bathroom. It was very that. I felt like that moment was that first time that I walked through that lunchroom and I felt so fucking alone. And I just didn't know how to like absorb like my new surroundings. And I, I really do feel like that was sort of like a metaphor for what my childhood would be. The outcast, the kid that always got made fun of because I was a little bit more feminine than all the other kids. And also because I was a redhead. I just always got made fun of. I was never really fully accepted by any of my peers. It just, it was just one big giant clusterfuck of just full-blown insecurity at its fucking finest. But you guys... Like, at 10 years of age, I'll never forget that moment as long as I live. The family was watching The Cosby Show, as we did every single Thursday. And that glorious commercial came on that changed my perspective on life from that moment moving forward. It was the 80s, and Mark Wahlberg was doing that glorious Calvin Klein underwear commercial, shirtless, and that beautiful chiseled body just something in my brain said, I don't know why, but I want that. I like that. That makes me excited. What is it about that that makes me excited to see a shirtless man? I knew in that moment that I was gay even before I knew what gay actually meant. I knew I was gay. But what I also knew was that because my parents were fucking strict Republican like, God-fearing, like, all the bullshit descriptors that you could possibly imagine in between parents, I knew that I wasn't supposed to be gay before I even fully understood what it meant to be gay because we were religiously thrown into our church pants each and every week and forced to sit on that church pew and be involved in the church. And 
I wasn't making any friends in the church either. I was still feminine and different. So all the church kids were also making fun of me and mocking me. And I just didn't fit in anywhere. And I thought that this thing that I was, was something that I wasn't supposed to be. And it put me through so much mental mindfuck trauma, more than you could ever possibly describe. And my therapist and I are still unpacking a lot of that shit on that little green therapy couch. But you guys, listen, I was a very sensitive little boy and my stepdad's very strict, full-blown demeanor of sergeant and fucking military bullshit, it didn't sit well with me. And as a result, with my own son, he's just as sensitive as I am and so much like me in so many ways that I acknowledge that and I let him be who he is and handle specific emotions and situations the way that he knows best just because I wasn't allowed to feel certain ways when I was a kid growing up. And it was just, yeah, it was just all one big giant therapeutic clusterfuck of bullshit. So you guys, as I started to go through puberty and kind of like started to maneuver through, you know, growing older and knowing that I was sexually attracted to men and also knowing that I had to go to church each and every week and also knowing that I couldn't be gay and that I was hiding this really important piece to the puzzle that was who I was as an individual. It just became so suffocating. And even when I got into my 20s and started dating girls, and let's just keep it real, I didn't really get girls because, well, I'm fucking feminine as fuck. And so girls weren't really attracted to me. And so when I did get a girlfriend, it was like the first type of attention that I had received in so long that I actually just clinged, just absolutely like clinged to that girl. And you know what? I got a son out of it. But once I finally came out of the closet in 2009, when I just was so fucking tired of playing a role, pretending that I was straight and I've said it before on the show, I wasn't fucking winning any Oscars for that performance. It was not convincing. I didn't pull it off. I Nobody thought that I was straight. Everybody assumed that I was just gay and waiting to come out of the closet. And that I fucking did. Once I finally broke up with my son's mom, and then I just decided I was sick of it. I met a few guys. We ended up going to Gay Pride in San Francisco in 2009. I've told this story a few times on the show. Facebook launched their tagging feature that year and some girl tagged a bunch of photos of me and that's how my parents found out that I was gay. By accident, that moment where Facebook fucking started tagging photos and they just started appearing on my timeline, that was the moment that my parents saw and knew that I was fucking gay. And I'm just here to tell you, it literally was all downhill from there. I remember the phone going off as I walked down the stairwell of my apartment complex to my car to go pick up my son from daycare because back then he was really little. And it was the day after I had come home from that Pride weekend in San Francisco and it was my mom. So I answered the phone and I was like, hey, mom, you know, whatever, like I normally did. And she just started screaming at me profusely. I got into my car. I drove to the daycare provider's home, 
that was close by, by to my apartment. And I just like sat in like the street in front of her house for about 25 minutes, just fighting and arguing with her. And she just screamed at me. She told me I was killing her. She told me like, why? How? What about your son? And I was like, what about my son? Like, just because I'm gay, that doesn't mean I'm not a dad. Like, I just, she just went in for the kill. And it was, she was so upset and distraught. And I just didn't think that there was any way that we would be, have ever be able to recover from this moment. And you guys, before this, my mom and I were so fucking close. Like, we used to, like, watch all of these like Rodgers and Hammerstein movies together, like The Sound of Music and like Pride and Prejudice. And I, I was into all that shit because I was so fucking gay. And my two brothers, they were hella straight. So they didn't have any desire to do any of that shit with her. So because I was that little gay boy, I was into it. And so my mom and I vested a very close relationship. But in that moment, all of that was just gone. Her religion to her was far more important than keeping that relationship with her very own flesh and blood, as sad as that is to say. But I think in the back of my mind, I thought, well, you know, time will go on. Maybe she'll come around at some point eventually. And I remember a few years later, I was dating my first serious boyfriend. His name was Scott. And Thanksgiving was rolling around. And my mom, I guess, was hosting that year. And I will never fucking forget this text message popping up on my phone as long as I fucking live. Now, keep in mind, just as a backside bar really quickly, after that moment when my mom confronted me about being gay when they found out that I was gay on Facebook, I didn't hear from her for literally like a solid like six months. And then she started to like, hi, like via text, like casually, quietly every, you know, so often. And it sort of, it kind of built up from there, but I could just tell based on the way she was, you know, interacting with me in family gatherings that she just definitely was not, it wasn't the same and never would be the same. And that was just the way that it was always going to be. And she got a little bit more warmed up to it in the future. However, back to this specific text message from this, you know, Thanksgiving day festivities, whatever, this is what she said in the text. You and Scott are welcome to our home for Thanksgiving, but you and Scott are not welcome in our home as a couple. Can you imagine getting a fucking text message like that from your own fucking mother, basically telling you that you can come to Thanksgiving, but you're not a couple in regards to like, everybody else who's at this fucking event like you can't you have to play pretend you have to pretend like he's your friend or whatever like what the fuck like you are not welcome into our home as a couple I, I still to this day it just makes me so fucking angry it's like what did she want from that like I don't think my mom actually realized that that's the kind of shit that was just pushing me away and it did just that but you guys listen my mom and I have been through our ups and downs and she is the main focal point of this week's expose for a very specific reason, because if it wasn't for my mom, I definitely would not be here in this moment because I will never forget the biggest fight that we had 
on that phone call conversation in that car in front of my, you know, son's daycare provider's home. All those years ago in 2009, the first thing that rolled out of her mouth was the sentence, you're going to die from AIDS. You're going to die from AIDS. I mean, it was just such a fucking hurtful thing to say to anybody, but that's what she told me. And you know, I have to say, I put that in my back pocket because it was very hurtful to me. And then here we are all these years later, and now I find myself like in a situation where I am not currently speaking to my mother for this specific reason, because I am gay and because she refuses to acknowledge the fact that that is who I am as a person. And it's just, I'm I'm just fed up with all of her like tiptoeing around it, sweeping it under the rug, pretending it's not their bullshit. It's such a big part of who I am. When I started writing, I would tell her about the projects that I was working on and they were all gay writing projects. She refused to acknowledge them. The one time I had a project that was not gay, the next time she called me, she would ask out of like 10 different projects that had so much more importance than the one project that wasn't gay. That's the only one she would ask about. It's as if she just pretended like the other things that I had mentioned didn't exist. And I was just so fucking fed up and tired of it. And just, you know, in my mind, I'm like, if you're not going to like allow me to be in your life, then fuck you. That's how I feel. And that's how we are currently in our relationship in this moment. We're not speaking. She's blocked on my phone on all social media formats, I have zero contact with my mother. And I'm okay with that, you guys, because if you don't, again, you don't want to be a part of my life, then I don't want to be a part of yours. And that's that. But I will say this, you guys, listen, nobody's going to ever talk me out of that. That is my very stubborn and firm stance. And unless my mom comes to me and does a whole heavy set like spiel of apologizing that she really needs to do, which she won't, then we're never going to speak again. And that's what I actually think will be. But the thing that I'd like to point out is that in 2009, when my mom confronted me all those years ago, and she said, you're going to die from AIDS. Well, I'm here to tell you that that is the sole reason why that I am moving in a direction career-wise to be the most loud-mouthed and world-renowned LGBTQ plus HIV and AIDS advocate of all time. That comment, you are going to die from AIDS, is the one thing that makes me put my middle finger up to the air in the direction of my mother and look towards the HIV and AIDS advocacy causes that I'm fully immersed in and involved in, and I wouldn't have it any other way. So I actually owe my mom like like a little thank you for putting me on the path that I was destined to be on since I was a three-year-old little boy sitting on that couch with my hands in my lap because my dad told me to when they were screaming back and forth at each other way back when.
So what do we learn today, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, guys and straights, tops or bossy power, bottoms, gender fluid and non-binary, bisexuals and lesbians, transgender and questioning? Well, I'd like to think we learned a whole hell of a lot. And you guys, listen, my only like hope for all of you listening out there in the entire My Gay Expose podcast world is that if you have a situation in your life where your family doesn't accept you like mine does, then I just encourage you to not let it get you as an individual down. Because I just want to remind you, you're not living your life for your family members and your parents. You're living your life for you. And that's it. And you have to live your life the best way that you see fit. So if this is somewhat of a struggle for you, uh, just just know that there are people out there just like me that have like been this vulnerable in an expose and just spilled all the tea in regards to like some of the dark shit that are hiding deep within the archives of my closet. And, you know, you can do it too. just get to a place where you're fully comfortable with who you are and embrace the family members who accept you and accept them for who they are. And just don't be a part of the people who just don't want you in their life. It's just fucking toxic bullshit. But I just want to hear from you, the listeners. Like, what the fuck do you think? Do you think that the decision that I've made to refuse to speak to my mother is a bad one? Or do you agree with my stance? And tell me all the reasons why you think what you think by giving me a call at the official My Gay Expose podcast hotline at 415 five zero one zero four zero one that's four one five five zero one zero four zero one call in leave a message tell me what you think and just know that regardless of what you say i'm not going to change my mind i'm doing exactly what i'm doing for a very specific reason but i just want to hear from you listeners what you think Uh, And with that, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Click five stars, follow on Spotify, and don't forget to turn on those notifications so that you can catch wind of each and every episode of My Gay Expose podcast right when it drops. Follow on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Exposing My Gay. And don't forget to check out the official show website, MyGayExposePodcast.com. And there you'll find any information that you need to know about the show, including the Your Gay Expose segment question of the week. And don't forget to check out Bossy Power Bottom Wear, the official show merch line at RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn.com. And pick out your next piece for your upcoming gay or pride event. And don't forget to join us next week for another messy, salacious and relatable episode with me exposing my gay. I'm Ronnie Washburn and I will take a couple of shots with my brother and with you next time.
expose has been brought to you by Bossy Power Bottom Productions. Want to know more? Go to bossypowerbottom.com and find out for yourself what it truly means to bottom like a boss with Bossy Power Bottom Productions.